building, and okay. I wonder if I got uh, if I got hooked up to the internet somehow. Okay, so you know, Dave, thanks again for coming back on. Uh, you know, I've asked this to almost everyone because I think it's a great question to lead in. Uh, how has a failure, or or what you would consider an apparent failure, set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite? failure stories of yours. And I, I preface this by saying, I don't think the kids learn how to fail nowadays. <laughs> I don't think they learn how to fail either, but if I could make it a little religious uh, and not, not try to be too much of that, but um, the, uh, you know, it was high school, college. All I wanted to do was play a professional sport. That was it. Yes. I was a pretty good baseball player. I didn't even really punt in high school. Um, not really till I mean I didn't take it seriously till later, but then when things started happening and I started getting opportunities, I was I was convinced, you know, as a twenty year old, twenty two year old kid, that it's what God wanted me to do, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I sat there um, fighting that whole thing. I, I ended up leaving Missouri State, uh, came back to St. Louis to lead Young Life. And I quit playing at Lindenwood and, uh, I was like, man, this, this is, it's all done. It's, it's whatever. I had an opportunity, Arizona. He Coolman brought me in a couple times and then signed in, uh, Jacksonville and, uh, in Jacksonville, I've never been so, I got hurt and, uh, ended up getting, getting released. And I was so disappointed and so uh, just failed, right? I mean, yeah, failed. Yeah, yeah. And it opened up so many other doors and so many other avenues. And the amount of friends I've met from the kicking world, the amount of everything else, the, the failure of not making uh, an active roster. I, I feel like the big guy had, had a lot of other things in store for me. And, and a lot came from those opportunities that I did have yeah, um, that set me up for so much more uh, success down the road because of those, because of that, that big failure yeah, uh, yeah. that, uh, that I think that was, that, that would be what I thought was a failure that turned out to be probably the best thing that, that could have happened. Sure. Uh, my body's completely broken down. And I'm 45 years old, and that sucks. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm losing a little bit on your voice, on your voice there. Is that any better? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear that last part. Uh, I said it at 45 years old. My body's broken down, and it's mostly from that injury. Um, but I, I wouldn't have been able to have the impact that I have on other people, in my opinion, um, yeah. if yeah. I hadn't have, if that hadn't have happened. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those failures are really completely out of your control anyhow. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's but, the success you have from it, right? Your success now is that being able to tell, you know, you know, humbly being able to tell, you know, what, you know, many would think is a failure. I, I, same thing when I got cut in Philly, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, but no, I had a, I had a, a good blowback. I had, you know, I was an army ranger, so I had to go back in and, and I, I didn't really care about it as much because I had a, I didn't have, you know, Dave, I didn't have time to refocus on, oh, woe is me, right? Yeah. I had yeah. too many other things in my life. And I think that's where a lot of these, these kids fail when they, when they fail this and, you know, that 
35 yard field goal and they think it's going to be over for them. They don't, they have to, to your point, have that religion, I guess, to understand that, you know, God's got a plan and you know, my plan has, my plan has always been, you know, listen, I, I love coaching kids. I love helping kids out. I love being able to part of their lives. I love being able to help parents out. I, to your point, I love being in wedding parties. I love seeing, you know, you see my book. I've, I've, I've got, you know, 46 kids that went to, uh, into service academies. I uh, just have a young lady I helped train. Uh, she's going yeah. to MIT uh, as a soccer player and flag football. And I think she's running track. So to, to, our, to our points, we look at failure differently because we look at the success we got from that failure. I mean, Sailor talked about his failure. You know, Jamie talked about him getting a, you know, his joke was, Hey, I had a cup of coffee with Seattle. You know, yeah. He got cut. Uh, so in the last five years, Dave, and this is really, this is where I, the crux of our discussions has been lately with everybody else. Uh, with COVID and, and a new belief um, or behavior of habit, uh, what's one thing that you've done post-COVID that has helped or hurt your company in the last couple of years? And, you know, and especially with the high school recruits who are having to deal with the transfer portal. Uh, so the, uh, the one thing I've done, dang, uh, the one thing I've done is really, truly cut back the number of kids, athletes that I'm coaching. Um, whether that's hurt it or not, I don't know what it's done is for me, we were having 25, 30 kids on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays in St. Louis, just for, just for kick arounds, basically. And, uh, and it was great, but five to 10 of those kids really needed to be there, wanted to be there, were excited to be there. The other ones, it was their parents telling them they needed to be there. Right. And right. we're down to, we're, we're down to 10. I mean, that, that's certainly our numbers are uh, on a weekly basis. Um, we, we still have probably 60 kids that we're working with locally, but we don't see all those kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, you know, they can't, can't get up here every week so it'll be a video lesson with minutes talking to them on the phone but what has changed really is i'm going to put my time into the kids who are passionate about it the families who are passionate about it and uh not just the ones who are oh my my kids got to make varsity next year i'm like well your kid hasn't worked all year so i don't know what to tell you i'm not the varsity coach i can't make your kid make the team and uh i feel like we've had a lot better um, a lot better, uh, lesson workouts. Uh, the energy is better. The, the, the kids who are there are all not that they're best friends, but they're all buddies. Um, and they use that to compete against each other every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and with the college guys, you know, we have college guys now who are 23, 24 years old. It's almost like they're Australian. Um, and, and they're still playing football. Um, yeah. If Darren listens to that, don't get mad, Darren. It's okay. Um, but the uh, the uh, the kids are those kids are older. I am I am kind of giving up the reins and letting them work with the younger kids a little bit more, which yeah, I do sure. anyhow. But I am sure. seeing how knowledgeable they actually are or aren't about the kicking and punting game uh, mm-hmm. and technique. So that's really where it's it's changed. I mean, it's it, giving giving the right kids the right time. Um, 
and telling other parents and other kids, hey, this might not be for you. Um, but saying that in an honest, genuine, sincere, nice, positive way, instead right. of just, oh, you got to keep coming to this so you can try to get better because yeah, maybe they won't. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids, and, and to your point, Dave, you know, it's, uh, you know, the NCAA did a test, I mean, many years ago. Oh, I, you know, I call the NCAA the National Cartel Athletic Association. Yeah. That's my, that's my nickname for them. But they did a study and they said by the time a child is 14, they interviewed like a thousand kids or something like that. They said by the time a kid is 14 years old, he or she knows what primary sport they want to play in, that they enjoy, that they're passionate about. And the secondary sports or third or third sports or fourth sports or fifth sports they're playing, it becomes work to them. So they don't consider that playing ball anymore. Like Willie Stargell made it, had a great line one day. He said, you know, why did you love playing the game? Because, because every time when the umpire came out, he always said, play ball. He never said work ball. And right. I always thought that was a great line by Willie Stargell that to make, make how he viewed his world of playing baseball and why he did it, you know? So it's, uh, I mean, I think the transfer portal to me, uh, certainly has his ups and downs. I think it's, I mean, there's guys that are 25, 26, 27 still playing. And your point, you know, you and I used to have this discussion uh, related to the Aussies. You know, the guys that are coming over that are 22 or 23, you know, that are Aussies coming over uh, as freshmen trying to compete against a 17, 18-year-old kid. Uh, and I, I'm nothing against Nick Chapman. God bless him, right? He's, he's building a great program over there. But those dynamics in in the transfer portal now says, hey, I interviewed 60 coaches, I think I said in my last podcast, and 58 of them, when I asked the question, if you had your choice between a high school kid and a college kid that's got college experience, college grades, has been away from home from mom and dad, is not, you know, going to cry or whine because he's, you know, he has to sleep overnight someplace else in a dormitory with, you know, 85 other strangers, you know, they all said, I will take that transfer portal, kid. No Sad. doubt about it. Sad, because it's, it's the too deep. You know, Dave, there's no more. I don't believe there's any more development in D1 for these schools. I don't believe the D stands for development anymore. I think it's, you know, they're they're making too much money. And they're too deep is all they care about, it seems like. Well, very, very, yeah, I would agree with that. There are very few. I think Oregon, um, Oregon's a school that'll, that'll develop a kid a little bit. Um, there's a Carl Reed was just on a podcast um, a couple days ago, actually talking about the same thing. I mean, it, it's obviously a topic, um, but, but real quick with those Australian kids, the, the biggest thing to me is, is uh, the inconsistencies and, in, in what they're actually doing. And um, I, if it gets broken loose, the NCAA is going to have a heyday with it. Uh, oh yeah. Cause there are some, there are some major violations that have happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if, um, I oh, mean, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> my, my, uh, my brain's not even there. Um, who is in Indianapolis? Has the, has the podcast. Oh, 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 uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. If yeah. Pat McAfee will take this stuff and actually run with it. I think Pat is going to break open a dam because there are transcripts being forged. There are names being forged. There are oh. kids who don't have any more college eligibility because uh, they've already gone to college and completed it. It's Absolutely. going to be now. 
if they want to come and, and go to college as a 22 year old, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. It's when they're using a different identity to do so or dropping a middle initial. And all of a sudden you've got that 24 year old competing against an 18 year old. That's where I have an issue with it. And yep. the, the colleges aren't doing all the research to figure all that stuff out. We have an awesome kid at Lindenwood right now, Patty and uh, Patty's Patty's kind of, I mean, he gets it. He had a hard road to get over here too. Um, but he's only 21, 22. It's oh, not he's like youngster. he's, he's a he's, youngster. Yeah. He's, he's not old, uh, right. but he also came through Aaron Perez. Aaron Perez, I think does it the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to uh, uh, what, what people think that uh, uh, pro kick Academy or whatever it is over pro there. Kick Australia pro kick. You know, Ad, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, Aaron's associated with the, with pro kick, and no, on the back he's not. End, I, but I think on the back end, not on the front end. No, he's very, my conversation with, with Darren Bennett, he is not, he is not with, with that company. Oh, okay. Um, good. That's good. Darren, Darren, uh, Darren is, uh, a, a huge proponent of, of the, of an Aussie kicking an American football. Because they can do a very good job. They've grown up punting football yeah. their whole entire life. And both legs. With both legs. Yeah. And they are very, very talented. There they is are. No doubt about it. They are. It's just if you're doing it the right way or the wrong way to get a kid into a college. Uh, and that's it. But that's another thing that we have to talk to with parents about all the time. Not just a transfer portal for kicking and punting, but also you're going to go up again. Most punters right now that are coming over uh, or, or that are playing. Uh, SEC, uh, any of the any of the P five schools, a lot of Aussies punting. Yeah, I don't think there's a true freshman or sophomore age wise, 19, 18, 19 year old kid who's punting a football at any Power Five school. I, I'm I'm probably wrong with that, but I don't think so. No, I think I think you're probably actually right. You know, what's funny about that. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, uh, I I used to do this a couple of years ago. Uh, I I was always wondering why the Aussie guys and I for, for the most part it was it's the Aussie guys you know every other kid you go to their you go to the roster and you look at their bio and their stats and their background all that kind of stuff and mommy and daddy played here and all that kind of stuff you know it's funny if you look at the Aussies for the most part I can't say all of them but for the most part they don't have their birthday they don't have their birthdays on there they don't have, they don't the have their, birthdays, of their birthdays and they don't have their where they where they went to high school went to high a school. lot of the high schools are yes. actually colleges. Yes, yes. So again, you know, it's it's that's the research that you and I do to help the parents understand that you know, you met Dave. You and I uh, had a guy at one of the uh, uh, NFL camps we did. Remember that guy who was six foot six or six foot seven from like, from Houston that you and I were training. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. him? And he ended up going back to Australia to get married, and he was coming back again. I mean, look how big that kid was. I think he was 27. I mean, look at the kids in Miami a couple of years ago. You know, the tattooed guy. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. he was 28 as a rookie. 35. Huh? 28 as a rookie. Yeah, 20 as a rookie, right? So it's like, unless hey, look, if you're a Mormon, I understand that. You went to LDS and you went to a you went on a mission, but it's a little but that that being that being said, you know, the transfer portals I think is gonna be here to stay. I, I hope there's legislation. I've actually written a letter. And I may be speaking on the Hill in a couple of months about, you know, the NCAA and the transfer portal and what they've done. Because I think it's actually destroyed, you know, high school kids opportunities. The, the scholarships have gone from, you know, the 2 percent 
in my data, it's down to about 1.3%. So now it's about one out of every 57 kids I'm seeing in the, in these, in these areas getting scholarships, but you know, that's another discussion. I think, uh, I, I mean, it, there was a, there, I, I, I truly believe a lot of people, you know, I could become, I could become rich playing a sport. Uh, and that was the way out. It was, it was right. to be a professional athlete. Right. Uh, again, a failure being and bringing the reality to, to light for me, uh, with, uh, recognizing that even if, even if you have a long NFL career as a, whatever position the average the average nfl career is only three point something years exactly yeah so even if you even if you make it and you you do that (laughs) you're not going to be one of the 10 to 15 year guys you're not going to be uh uh, louis aguiar or houston or a hollis or yeah uh, yeah uh hecker i mean you're not going to be those guys you're not going to be a sean landetta yeah, you're gonna right. be you're gonna be there for three or four years, and and you're gonna be gone. And especially now, I mean the t- the turnover is is so high even on the coaching ranks that if a if a coach doesn't like you or you don't fit into their scheme, you're gone anyhow. That's right. So That's right, you know you're gonna have. I, I got hurt playing slow pitch softball right before a workout in Philadelphia, um, and uh, this is 2003. I tore my left hamstring stretching a stretching a, a pop-up fly ball into a trip <laughs> um, just stupid yeah and, was there uh, drinking it was there drinking involved when you're playing softball or not no not not oh, so we time. did that was, we, was, we drank we played oh yeah 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 but this was a competitive league so, oh, okay. but i'm doing that while still trying to go play in the nfl like I, right. my goal was to go play in the nfl here i am playing thursday night competitive softball for a tournament on the weekend anyhow i uh I come home and my dad had been an Olympic caliber swimmer and um, was in the Olympic trials back in the sixties. And um, he said, he looked at me and he said, haven't you learned anything from me? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're going to have 30 years to go play slow pitch softball. You have a very short window to do this. Right. And I didn't even have the discipline to pay attention to that short window and go get hurt screwing around. And, uh, you, you look at these, you look at these kids and these parents and, and what they're doing. And you're like, this is, this is such a small window that this should not become your identity. Right. And the fact that this is you, you wearing the big, big time you shirt or whatever it is, getting, getting pictures in the locker room. That is such a small portion of your life that if that's what you're taking from it, that's the sad part in everything that these parents are doing and pushing and trying to live vicariously through their kids. Uh, that I, I'm just like, give me a freaking break. I, I had a parent of a, a high school where I coach. This parent got pissed off that their kid wasn't long snapping in a, in a big game this year. Now, our team at our high school is not great, but this kid would rather sit on the sideline during stretches on his own and not do what the team's doing. So oh, I videotaped it and I sent it oh, to the dad. God. I said, this is why your son's not playing. Right. I mean, don't blame it on all these other things and make excuses for your kid. Your kid doesn't want to be here. It's Correct. okay. But Correct. you want this more than your kid. Correct. So if, if a parent's gonna gonna do all that, I, that is one question. So I have all the parents at the very first lesson, at least. And uh 
I have them. I want to coach them as much as I'm coaching their kid, but they're also going to help me coach their kid. But I say at the, at the beginning of the lesson, whoever wants this more is going to be the one who has more success. So dad, if that's you who wants this more than your son, you're going to take more son. If this is what you, if you want to do this, you're going to take more out of it, but you just need to know at the end of this lesson, who was this lesson for dad or son? Yeah. And I, I fired kids because their parents want it more than they do. Yeah. And the kids are like, I don't even want to be here to yeah. your point earlier. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Dave, and, and that's true. I mean, you, you know, I fired, uh, I fired kids. I mean, I fired, I, I, the one kid I trained for a while, who's, uh, I, I finally told him, I said, I, you're a great kid. You can still send me videos, but I can't do it with your dad. And yeah. I know it's going to happen now that you went through these 17 camps, you know, in three and a half weeks. Your dad's want to come. It's going to want to come back and blame me. I know he's going to do that because I, I've seen enough parents in my 48 years of multiple different sports. Right? I know yeah. what parents are going to do. And then, so he, so I said to him, "I love you. I think you're a great kid." He was a lefty, you know, uh, got his fifth star, everything else, but had no offers. But I knew that it was more important for the dad than it was for the kid. So, uh, you know, we, we tried to tell her what our own son, you know, and you met Marcus for a couple of times. And, you know, uh, the, the, when the general manager from the, the Giants is talking to him and he was in training camp, he's like, hey, you know what? Uh, Marcus is like, I can't come back for anymore because I'm, I'm finishing my master stuff. And the guy goes, well, wait a minute. You, you got to come here. He goes, coach, you know, my, my plan B is the NFL. Right, right. <laughs> Not, I want to be a chemical molecular engineer or a chemistry guy. That's my plan A. You know, my plan B is the NFL. So, you know, at least from that standpoint, he he and others like him have that understanding. Oh, yeah, is it great? Yeah. But then you have to look at, you, you can't get, I, I try to tell parents, you can't, these guys are playing the NFL, they still have to work for a living at some point in time because they can't kick into retirement benefits or pension till 55. So the kid yeah. ends up being at 25 He's got 30 years. He's got, he or she's got to do something else with their life. So, uh, you know, this is, goes back to the one thing about when would you tell the high school recruits to get in the game of reaching out to college coaches to, to develop the relationships? And the, I mean, the real relationships between the athlete and the coach and now the athlete and the parent and the coach. I mean, obviously, NCAA dictates that a little bit. But I say mm-hmm. if you get on somebody's radar, if you're serious and you're good enough, then I say you start doing that sophomore year. Before that, it's not even – I mean, you don't even know what you want yet. So why right. are you – so right. wait until wait until you, you kind of – okay, this is really now where I'm thinking about going. This is now what I have a – a passion to do later on. Then all of a sudden they can start making that, uh, they can start making those connections. Um, and, and then by junior, junior, senior year, uh, or junior into senior year, that's when, I mean, some guys have already, have already done stuff. I, I get that, but if you're good enough and you're really where you need to be, that's when all of a sudden a coach is going to take you seriously at that point in time, prior to before your junior or senior year, a coach is not going to take you seriously, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I can't really take kids seriously before their junior to senior year either because you don't know what can happen. 
Correct. Oh, growth spurts can come into play. The all of a sudden you get, get a girlfriend. You go, no, I'm always, I'm every, almost every week I'm asking, them, okay, what's the story with the girls? Are you dating anybody? No, oh, I'm not. You know, so I, uh, to your point, you know, testosterone levels kick in and things change. Um, you know, kids get cars. And what's funny, Dave, about that, I, I did a podcast uh, a while back, but one of the things is, is I, sometimes when I'm, when these, I'm talking to these kids, they know about the size of the woofer or tweeters and their oh, 24 yeah. inch, 25 inch car tires, everything else. Then they do their ACT or SAT scores. But you know what? If the dad is standing right there next to him, the dad knows everything. He knows all his stats from like fourth grade on, right? Everything he's done. He knows all the coaches that are, that are supposedly offering in, in the class of 20, whatever they got Excel spreadsheets going back and forth. And the kids is going like, you know, I just want to kick today. Can I, can dad, can we just go, can we just go kick, you know, for an hour yeah. and a half with coach Nolan? So, you know, I mean, it's, it's important that you talk about the relationships as you have throughout this podcast. So now that we're in the summer camping weekends. Well, yeah, hold they, two stories on that real quick. Sure. Two, two stories, two stories on that. So, uh, kids mature, kids know more about their cars than they do anything else. So I, I've got this kid, uh, this is about 10 years ago now, maybe longer than that. Um, took off pretty much after his high school season, his senior year took off, didn't touch a ball. I didn't even see him until probably about April. So, Five months I didn't see him, but he's getting recruited by a lot of schools. Hmm, how about that? Now I'm assuming he had played another. He played a winter sport, so I'm, I'm assuming he's playing. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, right. So and no big deal. I, take take some time off. I, I whatever. He was. He didn't play a winter sport. He didn't play a spring sport. He ends up getting a walk on opportunity. He didn't get a scholarship, but he got a walk on opportunity at Missouri State. It goes down there. Hasn't kicked enough with me because once I saw him in April, I didn't see him again until probably June or July, late, late June, early July, where he was trying to work out all the kinks now after he had gained about 25 pounds. And, and I don't mean it wasn't a bad 25. He had gotten a little bit bigger. He goes down to Missouri state is one stepping every single kick makes the team wow. is going to be their starting kicker. The first week of the season. Wow. He doesn't call me to tell me this. I find out after Labor Day weekend that all this stuff happens. He calls me and says, hey, coach, I just want to let you know I made the team. I said, that's that's awesome. Congratulations. They want me to be their starting kicker. I said, dude, that's even better. Blah, blah, blah. He said, if I do well this year, they're putting me on scholarship at semester. I said, that's great. Or they, They told me they put me on scholarship at semester. I said, oh, that's so great. I'm so proud of you. I'm not going to do it. I said, well, what do you mean you're not going to do it? <laughs> you, oh, I went on spring break and I had such a good time that I'm going to, uh, I think I'm just going to do the fraternity thing. I said, you're going to do what? Wow. He said, yeah, coach, as cool as this stuff seems, I had a really good time at, on on, on uh, that, that break. I was like, okay, that coach down there at Missouri State who didn't take another kicker or punter I sent him. Wow. Wow. Because he said, and, and and so I don't even, I tell kids now, you have a coach, call me. I'll tell them what I know about your work ethic while you're at practice with me. I can't speak to anything else that you do. Right. 
Because I don't know what you're like outside of this. I don't know what kind of teammate you're like. I don't know what you do in the weight room. I don't know anything else. Unless you include me in that, I can't I, I, I can't even speak to it. So I'm not going to help you get recruited from that standpoint unless a coach calls me. Oh, that's good. And you said you, said you had a second story, or was that the, same, was that the second part of the, the first story? Say that again. You, you said you also had a second story, or you had a, was that the uh, no the, the second story? The second story was, you know, I was it was uh, me, uh, Craig, Darren, and Louie. We were all sitting around San Diego at one of the pro camps, and we were talking about shoe size, shoelaces, whether you had a tongue in your shoe or not a tongue in your shoe, uh, what the difference of air pressure made. And we had a couple kids look at us like, what are you guys even talking about? And we said, do you guys not? No, we just kick whatever we're given. This is the shoe. We were like, yeah. and I guess now, you know, a stud doesn't matter on the bottom of a cleat because everything's turf. Yeah, but turf. to your point, kids don't even know. They're not even students of the game to know that kind of stuff anymore versus what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, because David's, because David's all about social media. You know, you know, to, to your point, you know, you saw the, you saw my framework series that I've written for the, for the kickers and punters. And, you know, everybody that's bought it, I said, you first have to read the overview. You must read the overview. It's 15 pages. And you would have thought I said to them, you must go climb Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Just ask them to, to read, read a doc, you know, read an overview of what your passion is going to be and your craft is going to be right. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then I challenge them to, you know, I say, what do you think about page, page five or six or whatever. But, you know, from the, from the camp weekends, again, in the summer camp series, uh, if you're at your senior year, okay, let's talk about senior year and you've got three offers. Okay. Let's say you've got, you know, one's a PWO and the other two are scholarships. Now the PWO is a power five. And the two scholarship offers is a CMU, which is a FCS school, and let's say the other one is is the D two. What are your feelings about taking a PWO as opposed to a roster spot at a D two or an FCS school? Personally, I want to go somewhere where I know I'm going to play, uh, where I know I'm wanted, uh, where a uh, coach has some longevity um and then i look at the at the situation of who is actually in front of me mm-hmm. uh and what they've done in the past i mean yeah. if, if i'm a if i'm a high school senior with a pwo to mizzou but they haven't had a pwo kick for them in 10 years i don't really care about going to a bowl game or doing that kind of stuff to to say i played at mizzou Right. If I'm going to be able to go to SEMO and I can, I know I'm going to be effective and I'm going to be able to play there. Or the D2 school has my major and their placement in my major is 95%. Yeah. Uh, and I still get to go there and play football and they're going to pay for school. I'm going to have to look real hard at SEMO or uh, Missouri S&T. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to choose the D2 school because I'm going to walk out with an education that's going to give me an opportunity to go make $150,000 a year. Correct. Walking as soon as I do this with my 
tassel. Yeah, yeah, tassel. I'm go make yeah. one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, give it to me all day long. Yeah, yeah. But you know, David, I think and, uh, we only have a couple of questions left. I know you're busy, but you know, to your point, uh, I, I know when we went through this with our son and uh, in the, in the office he had. Uh, it didn't. It didn't really matter who was recruiting him anymore because he said, "Look, dude, if you're not going to offer me, if I'm not coming in where I can a be a chemistry guy, and understand the d- dynamics of chemistry, and it's a great chemistry school, what's the sense of me coming in there?" So many parents that I talk to, you know, will yeah. take that PWO because, and this is where the this is, I think where the great lie is to me from a college standpoint. I've asked the NCAA Dave for probably the last eight years. Please give me stats on every PWO. You know, the NCAA's got stats on everything. They got stats on how many, you know, pieces of hair, you know, guys got up his nose, or they got, or how many toenails the, the, the girl has is playing softball. I say, give me the stats on all the PWOs that have converted to a scholarship in that year. And they still haven't been able to tell me that. So the reason why I think that's important is. Sadly, most parents don't think or know that a PWO is only a roster spot for that that sport in that coming season. It's not a, oh, we know what, if you come in here, earn the job, blah, blah, blah. How many times you heard that, right? Oh, I got a PWO. They told me if I come in. Well, look, dude, first of all, you're going to be playing out-of-state tuition unless, of course, your grades are high enough. They might give you in-state tuition. And B, number one, number two, they may be using you as a PWO because they still want to bring somebody in from the transfer portal. Or C, yeah, that, yeah. if you're really that good, they should be offering you the scholarship now. Right. What's changed, right? What changed from last month where you were a PWO to all of a sudden the coach goes, right, well, yeah, we under, under further consideration. Uh, you know, we're going to offer you a scholarship now. Okay, well, that's great. So what are your feelings about how would you attack that when you have a parent that you're talking to? I, I mean, again, be realistic. It's hard. Be realistic. Yeah. Is yeah. This real? I mean, what would you do if you had a job that they said, well, you can come in here and you can, uh, we might pay you if you show up and do a good job. Uh, or we're going to pay you, the other two are we're going to pay you no matter right. what. Right. But this one has a bonus attached to it also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the one that's going to pay me no matter what. Right. And have the opportunity for the bonus right. versus we may or may not ever pay you, but you're going right. to come in and work just as hard as everybody else. Correct. Or you come in here, you work just as hard as everybody else. This is your cap. Or you work as hard as everybody else. You also get a bonus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, great, I'd go. Great. I'd go the bonus route all day long. That's great. Great. Great point, Dave. Hey, listen. To, to finish up, um, and, you know, so what? What can people expect? You know, from you and what you're doing with your company, and and what are some new things you're working on that might be important to you know the, the local talent you're working with in the St. Louis area, and, and maybe just nationally. So. I mean, as as you and as you you know me well enough that that I'm not in this for the for the for my name on a poster and right. and branding and all that kind of stuff. I don't even think I post on Twitter. Yeah, uh, well, it's not, it's it's not, not a bad thing. Uh, no, I don't think it is at all. But <laughs> what I what I think really at the end of the day, what I think what I think we're doing and what we've kind of 
morphed into is really catering to the families and athletes who want to do this, um, providing unlimited access to us, providing unlimited access to our shop. Um, I have a, I have a building in, in Webster Groves that uh, we have probably about tons of weights. Um, we have a net. Kids can come in there and kick whenever they want. I don't have to be there. It's an indoor facility that they can just get reps in. Um, taking awesome. advantage of technology a little bit more, um, like the track man, like the, the launch monitors in golf, so the kids can see what they're right. doing and really fine-tune everything to get the most out of their mm-hmm. body. Um, not necessarily making them a, a All-American, but letting them, if they're serious about this, there are the resources there that we will provide um, so that they can be the best of the best at their best. Good. Good. All time, if that's truly what they want to do. Good. Side, after we stopped the, the Houston camps, um, I really don't have that, that horse race again. Yeah. Um, tough game, Because man. unless you're really, unless you are the best of the best running them, which I think, Houston did a very good job he did. for a very long time he doing did. that. When he and Louie started it, yeah. I, I think it was it, it took over where Pelfrey left off. Yeah. Um, and then and then slowly, what happened? I I think really talent kind of has dwindled yeah. as punters, kickers in general, not from coaching aspect necessarily, but that has put a huge gap in in what my expectations are of the kids I mm-hmm. coach because they're not putting the same effort in that when we started with Houston and, and Aguiar in 2002, the kids aren't putting in the same effort that we That's were true. as coaches. And I just want to work with the kids now, really, or the families now who want to put in right. that effort. And, and then hopefully I can, I can be a part of that. Um, I can be a part of that story moving forward. I don't need the credit by yeah. any means but I could be a part of that story moving forward as, as these guys then go on to play college, go on to the NFL, become pro bowl punters in the NFL or whatever the case might be. Um, and, and be able to be a little part of that story. Good. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's been a great conversation, Dave. You know, I, uh, again, very, always respected your opinions and your, and your techniques, you know, what you do in the training with young men. I lost you. If you're, uh, I'm sorry. Got you there. Okay, so I, I said in closing, you know, I've always, I've always respected you, uh, you know, from a standpoint of being a, another brother in the, the punting and kicking technique-wise and not chasing the money from a standpoint of, you know, how much can I get from it? Not saying other coaches do, but there are some that really do look at that. You know, they look at how much money can I make? And you, know, and you and I have talked about that, you know, where sometimes a coach, one of the coaches was like, hey, by the way, the camp is just about sold out. You got to text me over here, blah, 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 blah. And right. then, of course, when you show up, you got to get the cash because <laughs> they don't want to show it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's a marketing thing that sure. I, I don't personally have an interest in doing. You know, I'm, I'm happily retired. I'm enjoying my life. We're getting ready for, to go to, to Europe for 35 days for our 35th wedding anniversary next week. So, you know, my, my goal is, you know, I, 
you know, like, you know, there are kids now that I'm training. They're like, oh my gosh, I need to get some more training in coach because I got four or five camps. I got to go to, I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll t- try to do, do what I can for you. But where can, do you have any other final thoughts that you want to bring out that you, that I may have missed in, in, in talking to you about today? No, I mean, really at the end of the day, I think there, there are a lot of guys, there are a lot of people in this profession who, who do it for the right reason, who are doing it for the, the betterment of the game. They're doing it for the betterment of kids involved. Uh, but there are a lot of people who are doing it for money grabs. There are a lot of, I mean, you can't have 27 different ranking camps with 27 different opinions of who should be ranked where. Yeah. Um, very subjective. And, and there's, yeah, and there's no standard at all. That's why there's I think not. a track man is, is probably the, the best thing that you can have. Cause that can, <laughs> that's going to tell you pretty quickly, uh, who's good, who's not. Um, but I really think for families, for, for athletes, if manage their expectations and be realistic with what you're getting, you don't need to spend your life savings to go do this kind of stuff. And if a coach is just taking money from you, uh, just to take money from you and, and you're not seeing improvement or, or you can't, you can't coach this on your own or you can't talk through it on your own, or you don't understand what you're doing, it's probably time to look at a different coach or, or uh, look at what you're doing. Maybe it's not your passion, uh, maybe. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there on, on every sport, baseball, basketball, football, you name it. Um, find the ones that you are benefiting from. And, and if you go to multiple coaches, um, find the one that, that – you really are getting the most out of as far as performance, not the one who's marketing you the best, the Correct. one that you're getting the best out of the most. Well, that's a great most, point, Dave. Great point. And, and, uh, you know, I, I have, there aren't, there aren't a lot of coaches in St. Louis, but there, there have been a few that have tried to, to coach in the past. And, and it always comes down to, well, you, you, you care more about my kid. You, you coach. I've never had this kind of coaching before you're very thorough you're this that and the other and uh i'm just i'm just trying to do my job i want you to be a student of the game like i am i I don't i'm not trying to do anything special and uh and and for these these parents and kids that are out there it is it's about the star and about having their name tagged or their picture tagged or video tagged you're like if that's all it is i'll tag away but the reality of it is that's not what i'm in it for no, probably no, too no old point. school in that, but yeah, and, and that's you know, and, and I don't think, and to my final point, there's nothing wrong with being old school. I think old school has gotten us here. You know, the old farts, if you will. You know, it's like you know, it's it's like listening to World War II veterans. You know, when you go to the VFW and you you hear their stories, and like I'm going to be at Normandy uh, in a couple of weeks, so. Uh, to hear the old old guy stories at the VFW. Oh, you know, when I was 17, I killed 74 Japs and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, those old stories, the, the folks like you and me that have been through the trenches, if you will, you know, I think are the ones really who should be heard the loudest. And not because we have a megaphone. It's just because we know. And when the parents decide that they're like, well, you know what? I don't care if Coach Nolan's doing this 48 years. I don't care if Dave Brader's been doing this 35, 40, 50 years. 
I don't care if Jamie or Chris has been doing this 100 I don't care. I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm still going to go to these 17 camps. I'm going to wear my son or daughter's rear end out. And I want to make sure that I get all the pictures taken for my yearbook. So 40 years from now, you know, my son or daughter can look at back and go, yeah, man, remember that time we got all those pictures taken? Yeah. I would rather take that $20,000 and put it into a 529 plan. Right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Why Absolutely. not do that? Why not? Why not go that route? Because that's what the average D one scholarship is worth—about twenty thousand dollars a year. Just put that into a five twenty nine early on, and then you don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah, right. So, uh, so Dave, I want to—I really want to thank you again for for joining. Uh, don't have to get your coverage, and uh, to all the folks out there, please, please do me a favor, and uh, you know, since we talk about stars, give me and Dave that those nice five star reviews on the platform you have and until next time ladies and gentlemen uh i'm signing off this is coach mark Noel along with coach dave brader and thanks dave again for joining us here and don't out kick your cup brother you gotta take care enjoy thanks, your brother. honeymoon all right you're, uh, you're same thing yeah all right brother god bless right. see you dave thanks again pal bye